God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans 1, 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to episode 6 of the Oh How Marvelous podcast, and today we will be talking about the movie Thor. So this film came out in May of 2011, so I was just finishing up 8th grade, and again, I hadn't yet gotten really much into the MCU at this point. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I might have, actually. But um, I don't recall an experience in theaters with this movie. I do know that I'm not overall very much impressed with the film in general because I just feel like it lacks some luster that the MCU found in Phase 2. So I think that... The MCU really improved upon itself. Marvel Studios really improved itself in that aspect. And honestly, I find that this Thor movie was the worst of the Thor trilogy. And I get that we have Love and Thunder coming out. And so, that being said, I think that the Thor films themselves just got better. So that's why I'm really looking forward to seeing Love and Thunder. But yes... That being said, you may realize that I think that The Dark World is better than the original, and you would be correct there. I really do think that The Dark World was underrated and underappreciated, because it kind of further establishes Loki's deceitfulness and other patterns of Loki's character. But I will go into that in The Dark World um, and explain why I think that is underrated. But this episode is dedicated to the original film, and to get back to that, I honestly did enjoy it. It wasn't a bad movie. Again, I just thought it lacked some luster, which Marvel found itself picking up on later on, and they found the groove there. And I finally am glad that they got Taika Waititi to do the Thor films, because I do believe that they found the luster that they lacked with Taika bringing in the comedy that Chris Hemsworth so badly wanted in there because he really wanted to show his comedic side. Also, just to help make Thor a more interesting character. Speaking of Chris Hemsworth, I really loved that he was cast as Thor. I love Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I love Anthony Hopkins as Odin. It was an overall very well done casting choice for all three of those characters. They all portray those characters very well for how they were written and even just putting their own creativity into how they portray those characters, which they do so very well. And now on to my favorites. Now my favorite character was Thor. I just love his character development through this. He was going on this journey to figure out what it meant in his father's terms to be worthy of wielding the weapon or the tool that is Mjolnir. And through that is how he learned humility and how he learned to show grace towards Loki instead of seeking revenge for the actions that he's done to him. And my favorite scene in this film is 
when Loki approaches Odin right before Odin goes into his Odin sleep. What a creative name for that, right? But anyways, Loki's revealing that he knows that he's a frost giant. And so I just love this scene because it kind of just shows where Loki comes from, why Odin decided to adopt Loki, um, and it really established the whole reason for why Loki's relationship with Thor and Odin are the way that they are. Now my favorite line was actually said by Clint Barton who makes his premiere into the MCU in this film also known as Hawkeye um, and he says this last chance Coulson because I'm starting to root for this guy and I think you know when that took place um, he's trying to break into the facility by he I mean Thor and try to take Mjolnir and then he discovers that he can't lift it and he's distraught by that. Two honorary quotes here. Um, one is when Thor, Loki, and their friends are plotting to go to Jotunheim and at the end of this discussion Fulstag's like, uh, you do realize that Heimdall might be watching, right? And then a guard comes in and he's like, Heimdall request your presence. And here's the line where Volstagg says, we're doomed. And the second honorary quote comes from Odin himself, where he's describing Mjolnir um, at Thor's crowning ceremony. And he is describing Mjolnir. Um, and he says basically that Mjolnir can be a weapon to destroy or a tool to build. And I love how Mjolnir can be equated to our mouths, really. We can use words to destroy or we can use words to encourage right and when odin was casting that spell i guess you could say on mjolnir that whosoever be worthy shall have with the power that he was really calling thor to be a good steward of mjolnir and all the other tools that he had given him just like god calls us to use the gifts that god has given us wisely like our mouths whatever other tools that he might have given us. We are called to be good stewards of those things, and if we are not, God can take those away. Now, one thing that stood out to me that I liked about this film was the way that it displays the complexity of familial relationships, more specifically, the male familial relationships, and even more especially as it pertains to adoption, which is a very biblical concept, which I will be getting into later. Which, this all being said, I loved how it displayed why Loki was being harsh towards Odin and Thor, and how both Thor and Odin reacted to that, and how that affected their own relationship with each other. It just creates this whole complex issue, which is a very real thing. Now, I said before that I thought the film lacked a bit of luster, but there's also another dislike I had, which is the only one that I could think of right now, and I think that they could have more so established Loki's relationship with Frigga, their mother. As they showed in Thor the Dark World and later on as well, they had quite a good relationship going on. I just think that in this movie they could have further established that very well. Now the Stanley cameo, I thought, for this film was the best Stanley cameo in Phase 1. I gave it a 7.3 out of 10. I love that he was one of the people out in the desert trying to get Mjolnir out of there and that he was the one driving the truck that kind of broke apart. And if you notice later on in the film, you'll see when Thor, Darcy, Eric, and Jane are all eating at the diner, you'll see that same truck drive by behind them. And I love that. 
It was a great quality Stanley cameo for sure. And so now let's get into the devotional piece. It reads, The movie Thor is about the Norse god of the same name who is exiled by his father to Earth as a punishment for his, quote, arrogance and stupidity, unquote. What Thor did was betray a peace treaty Odin, his father and king of Asgard, had made with Jotunheim because Thor thought that Laufey, the king of Jotunheim, had done the same. Thor, along with his friends and brother Loki, went to Jotunheim to fight out their differences. Thor thought that Laufey had sent a few of his soldiers to Asgard, Thor's home, to steal a relic. The reality was that Loki, who had encouraged Thor, saying he was right to retaliate, had enabled those soldiers to come into Asgard unnoticed, making himself a traitor to Asgard. Thor learns of Loki's betrayal during his exile on Earth when he learns of a lie that Loki had told him. It is throughout this fiasco that Thor proves himself a fool. The Bible, specifically the book of Proverbs, has a lot to say about fools. Fools do what is right in their own eyes. Chapter 12, verse 15. The fool is reckless and careless, throwing caution to the wind. 14, 16. The foolish man delights in expressing his own opinion, but not understanding. 18, 2. Chapter 28, verse 26 says, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Finally, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, not holding anything back. 29.11 Thor displayed every bit of the foolish man as displayed in these passages, and it was heeding to wisdom that brought him deliverance from exile. At the end of the movie, Thor chose to have understanding towards his brother's actions and ask for forgiveness even though he didn't know what his fault against his brother was. How have you been a fool lately? Have you been doing what is right in your own eyes while ignoring wisdom? Have you thrown all caution to the wind and making yourself reckless and careless? Do you try to force your opinions on others without pausing to hear them out? How can you respectfully hold back? Take some time to seek wisdom from the Lord, for he is the only pure source of wisdom. Now let's explore how Thor played the fool in every passage that I just listed here. Um, the first one is, Fools do what is right in their own eyes, ignoring advice. He displays this on Jotunheim when he's talking to the king, Laufey. Laufey basically tells him to be careful, but Thor is not going to have that. And so he takes the fool's route and he starts a war of his own. The next passage says, a fool is reckless and careless, throwing caution to the wind. He does the same thing on Jotunheim in his same actions there. The next one is, the fool delights in expressing his own opinion, but not understanding. He certainly had this towards Loki and even Odin. He didn't want to come to an understanding of Loki's situation, and he thought he knew everything about what it is to be a king, and he greatly expressed that to Odin. The next one is, Whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. And certainly Thor expressed that again when he thought he knew everything there was about being a king. And he finally sought wisdom when he sought forgiveness from Loki, even though he didn't know what his fault was, he said, whatever I have done to wrong you, brother, I am truly sorry. And it was at that point that he defeated the robot thing and he was delivered. And the last passage here says, a fool gives full vent to his spirit, not holding anything back. He certainly did that on Jotunheim. And so you could see on Jotunheim, he was being very, very foolish. Even his friends were trying to warn him against it. And Proverbs has a lot more to say about fools, and there are certainly more of those things that 
are said about fools that could apply to Thor in this movie, and maybe even Loki, or even Odin. We're all being fools in our own sort of way sometimes. We're all human beings. We're all going to fall short and be foolish at some point. That's part of being human, and sanctification helps us along the path from being fools to being wise. And there are certainly more biblical themes that are to be found in this film. One of them is rebellion. It's like when Absalom was wanting so badly to be king of Israel that he sought to kill his own father David. It's kind of like what Thor was like here. He wanted so badly to be king, but he was not in the right place. His heart was not in the right place for that. And Absalom found himself dead at the end of this whole thing. He actually had his hair caught in a tree and he was hung there and that's how he died actually so his own foolishness led to his own demise but thor where they split off there is that thor decided to heed to wisdom and to seek forgiveness instead of continuing after his own foolish ambition and so absalom here displays for us what it looks like at the end for us if we're rebellious we reach our own demise we reach our own death. And this is the same thing for us towards God. If we're rebellious towards God, we will be dooming ourselves to a horrible demise. But the moment that we decide to be humble, to have humility, we are brought to the Father and He forgives us. The next theme that I want to talk about is the theme of adoption and how this is displayed in Loki with his life. And I'll certainly get into much more detail when I do the Loki character study, but just the gist of it, it talks about how we are adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God and co-heirs with Christ when we come to believe and we come into the body of believers. And now the last theme is talking about how we like to serve God our own way. We see that on display in the life of Cain. He gave of his fruit to the Lord, but the Lord wasn't pleased by that. He was pleased by his brother Abel's sacrifice um, with meat, but it wasn't the content of the sacrifice that mattered, but it was the heart behind it. He wanted to serve God in his own selfish way, and he thought that he would find favor in the sight of God, but really he found that he didn't find favor and God actually found favor in Abel because his heart was in the right place with his sacrifice. Now where this comes to play in the film, obviously when Thor plays the fool here, he's kind of like Cain here. He wants to serve the throne, he wants to serve the people, but he wants to do so in his own way, his own foolish way. But then when he seeks forgiveness from Loki, he comes to a point of humility and he kind of turns into an Abel here where he decides, hey, this is not for me, it's for the people, it's not for my sake, but for others. This is for a higher cause than myself. And that is the kind of humility that God rewards. That's all for the discussion on Thor. If you'd like to join the Discord, please feel free to email me at mcudevos, that is M-C-U-D-E-V, as in vultureos at gmail.com. I'd love to see you on the Discord where we can send each other prayer requests, talk about the podcast itself, talk about the MCU, talk about theology, other stuff like that. I'd be happy to talk to you about that. But again, I'm off during Lent, but I will be able to get you into there once Lent is over. 
And that'll cover it for the movie Thor. And we'll see you next time when we will discuss The Avengers on Oh How Marvelous.